We done heard fancy preaching. It's not going to come from fancy singing. We've heard fancy singing. It's not going to come from fancy buildings and fancy lights. It's going to come because I just made up in my mind. I'm going to worship him through my trouble. I'm going to worship him through what I don't understand. I'm not going to let flesh rob me of what I've worked so hard for and what I've hungered for God for. I'm not going to let the flesh, I'm not going to let my enemy, I'm not going to let, I declare again, the backsliders coming home. That's why every time, see, you don't understand, every time I declare that, I get my brains beat out on Thursday. But you know what? I, I must be running a little low because I'm still going to declare it again. I ain't got God, I ain't got sense God gave a knot of wood. The backsliders coming home. The sinners coming home. Everything God's declared is coming back. To the house of God Just like he promised This thing is ramping up It's ramping up And what used to come so easy Sister Shirley Markintel It don't come easy no more And we're going to come to a point Where our services This is the part going to be a challenge, but you mark this down. Our services will get to a point where it'll break in worship before they ever hit the first song. Oh. God bring people into this house that this, they're so hungry. They're tired of living on crack cocaine. They're tired of living on prescription drugs. They're tired of living immoral. They're tired of living with these, these baggages and struggles. God's going to bring people to our family that they're going to be hungry for God. And they ain't going to look like you and I. They're not going to worship like you and I. Their hands are just going to go up and say, hey, I feel something different. I feel a liberty here that I never felt before. I'm telling you, I'm about to preach this darkness out of this building. It's come up on some of you again. That's why you just kind of hang out. God's trying to show you and I, this is our greatest hour. I don't care how heavy they are on drugs. I don't care how messed up they are in perversion. I don't care how messed up they are in the world. God is sending angels to our, our behalf. Ready for the word of the Lord. Y'all can be seated. Sailor, Charlie, let me tell you when you went down in that water, God made you a promise. God made you a promise, Sailor. God made you a promise, Charlie. And here's the promise. If you'll live for him with all your heart, God will always help you. That when life gets difficult, God will always be there for you. And all you and I have to do is just keep worshiping and loving God. Be obedient to his word. And God will always protect us I don't know about you but I'm just thrilled at these young and we got a whole passel we're going to have revival one way or the other 
COVID thought he was going to destroy us. We got babies coming. We got another one on the way, wherever she's at. I got there's young couples that have already talked about starting to come to this church. Don't even live around here. Babies. Things are moving and shifting. Things are starting to happen. God's positioning us for something great. That's why you and I, yeah, that's right. Say it. There you go, River. She knows what I'm saying. Even babies. That's why I'm glad these babies get up and jump and worship. I'll never forget my brother. My brother's little boys, they were just little bitty. They wanted to run. And he didn't just turn them loose because he had to teach them. This is where a father comes in. But when they wanted to run, he would grab them by the hand. And them daddies would run with his boys around that church. You say, well, that don't mean nothing. And you'd watch him and he'd be smiling when he's running the kid. You think that boy ain't no more in the, in the spirit than the man in the moon. And, and he'd ask to run. He said, no, we don't feel it. Just, well, let's wait a minute. My brother was teaching his boy how to move in the spirit. He was teaching that boy how to move in things that, okay, you're feeling something. That's God. Hang on, it's not time yet. And there's a moment that you and I are waiting for. And he would teach that boy. And he would run around that church. Sometimes it was just him and, and his boy running around that church, laps around that church. But that boy wanted to worship. And now that boy is 16, 17, 18 years old. And now he's the lead. He's up there in the front just worshiping and shouting. If we don't teach them now, you think they're going to do it when they get a little bit older? The world's going to try to bombard their minds and tell them, uh-uh, it ain't so. I wish you and I would stand our feet one more time and show these young people how do we worship we throw our hands in the air we lift our legs we lift our voice we worship you we thank you for giving us life and the blessing of God on every one of us We worship you. God, I magnify you. I magnify you, God, in this place. I want my kids to know, God, you mean more than the breath in my body. You mean more than the sickness in my body. You mean more than the aches and the pains in my body. I'm going to worship you no matter what. Because, God, you're good and you're faithful. And if it had not been for you, I'd have never had a mom and daddy that led me to truth. I'd have never had a mom and daddy that knew how to pray. God, I thank you today. There's a multitude of thanksgiving you and I can find to make heaven happy. So, young couples, don't you ever worry about this preacher. I commend you for teaching your kids how to worship. And worshiping and praising. Teaching them how it's done. Because let me tell you, I'll go back to it. Worship is how we're going to overcome. Unfettered, undistracted worship. God bless you. Be seated.
James chapter 1. Do I have an amen? We back to James. And guess what? I studied a little further. And I want to jump ahead again. Because I found some things, Brother Bushnell. Oh, old James. He understood. Give me verse. I tell you what, go 21. And I'm going to close that part. Just real briefly. I won't repeat it, but we're going to go to 22. I closed last time saying, how do you prepare for the word of God? He said in meekness. Meekness means submit. Lay yourself down. Put the cares of life aside. Can't put everything you're worried about. Lay it aside. And prepare yourself with meekness, submission, whatever you want us to. See, James, I read a little further, and this is the part. He was setting us up with that word. Preparing the heart. And he said, receive with meekness the engrafted word. I gave you what that word meant. Divine implant. Engrafted. The word grafted meant to cut. An incision to put something in. What he's saying was, is truth came at a moment in your life. You didn't earn it. You didn't get good enough to get it. But God divinely implanted his word somewhere. Now, here was the part that I didn't say last time. Somewhere in my preparations, there had to be brokenness for that word to get in. He cut things away. But there had to be an implanting by him alone of what? Truth. For what? To save my soul. And we closed out saying that if I can come back to those moments where I first got the engrafted word of God implanted in my heart. That altar, that place of beginning again. It's got an ability To save me. And I close in saying this statement. That's why it's killing me not opening these altars. Because it's in these altars. Many people found salvation. And a place of divine implanting in their heart. Now it doesn't end there because he goes to the next verse. And starts in a transitional moment. James. In verse 22. But. Transitional word. James is not that word if you study it in the, uh, the original. It's, it's not an aggressive uh, particle that he's using. He's trying to, again, solicit the goodwill of people. He started with that, and this is a gift God's giving you. And, and, and my acknowledgement of what God's doing, I willingly say, whoa, this is a blessing. This is something God's doing. And I readily accept it. The next word. But... That word means to become. So now James is saying this is how it started. An engrafted word. Something that God came in and put in your heart. Now here's the thing. I want you to hear this. He's setting us up big time. Because we, the engrafted one, I shout over that one. I remember when I first got the Holy Ghost. I remember when I grabbed my brother-in-law's necktie and brother old Andy wine laid his hand on me. And when he did, Sister Debbie, I grabbed Chris, my brother-in-law's necktie. Power of God hit me so strong. I grabbed that necktie and just started doing this because I just bucking and shouting. I just totally lost control. 
The power of God hit me so strong, Brother Bush, and my old brother-in-law's doing this. What a powerful moment I had. See, he gave you an engrafted, powerful moment. But then he sets you up in 22 and says, but you got to become. I gave you a taste of something that you got to pursue every day of your life. It can't be just, uh, I'm just kind of meandering through and, and I live for God and I got a little relationship with God. But James is setting us up because he said, there's more coming. There's more word coming. There's more understanding coming. There's more revelation coming. There's more presence coming. There's more power coming. If all I needed was Acts 2.38, you'd have been raptured right then. I got Acts 2.38, I've been baptized in Jesus' name, I'm done. If that's the case, then he would have raptured you and I out of here. But he didn't do that. He let us stay. Why? Because we've got to become this process. He said, you got to become what? Doers. That's hard for apostolics. Because that scripture says, go ye in all the world. And preach and teach. Well, I'm not a preacher. Well, I'll give you another one. He said, for the labor, for the harvest is many, but the laborers are few. You know what the word labor means? Teacher. Every one of us should be a teacher. Not God called in an office, but the ability to be able to teach the word of God to somebody that don't know this truth. He said, you got to become a doer of the word. One translation in another place, it doesn't mean this here, but it steals a spin-off of it. It says a word maker. It doesn't mean this in this text. It means in another text, but it's still a kin cousin, if you'd allow me to say it that way, to the meaning of a doer of a word. It means act on the message. Act on the message. Those that have put into practice the message. Find me real quickly, Matthew chapter 25, starting with verse 14. He's saying they have acted upon a doer of the word is somebody that hears it. See, this is why it's so important, important to be prepared to hear it. Notice in the beginning of James, we started back some time ago, and he was talking about trials. He was encouraging. He was saying there's trials and persecutions and these temptations are going to come and, and, and you're going to battle and all these things. So he starts out trying to encourage you and I. But in through those verses, about five, six, he talks to you and I about evaluating ourselves. Y'all remember that? Shifting the gear from there's a reason I'm going through what I'm going through because God wants me to look into the word of God and let it evaluate me to better prepare me and give me a strength that I need to overcome in my tomorrows. So James is still on the same theme when he says, okay, now you got to receive it with meekness, the engrafted word, and you got to become. But now it's not just a matter of hearing it. you got to act. Upon the message. You've got to take what you're hearing. And apply it. To what God. Is telling you. To do. Matthew. Says it like this. And I'm going to go real real fast. Brother Ron. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man. Traveling into a far country. He called his own servants. Delivered unto them his goods. Next verse. And he gave unto them five. One five talent. Another two. Another one one. Every man according to several's ability. Straight away took his journey. Next verse. 
Then he received the five talents, went, traded the same, made them another five. He had five, he came back with another five. Next verse. And likewise, he received two, gained another two. Next verse. And but he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid the Lord's money. Next verse. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoning with him. He's basically wanting to square up. Here's what he's saying. I gave you a job. It wasn't just a job to one. It was, they all had a job. And every one of them had a different level. I'll come back and teach on another time. Different level of talents. But regardless, every one of them had at least one. And when it came time to square up, the master comes and says, I need some interest on what I gave you. Next verse. And so he that received the five came, brought other five, saying, Lord, thou deliverest me unto me five talents. Behold, I gained beside five. Here's ten. Next verse. Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over few things. I'll make you a ruler. What he's speaking of is the millennial reign. See, this takes the mindset off, I'm living just for today. Do you remember James talking, this is about an eternal purpose. This is about you making heaven. This is about getting ready and becoming more like Christ. That he can say, come on in. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'm going to make you ruler over many. James and Jesus is saying the same thing. It's about an eternal purpose, an eternal kingdom. I will make you a ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord, of thy Lord. Next verse. He came to the next one with two. He said, thou deliverest, you gave me two talents. Behold, I've gained the other two beside them. Next verse. He said, well done, good and faithful servants. You've been faithful of you. I'll make you rulers over many. Enter the joy of the Lord. Next verse. Then when he received, he got to the one and came. Lord, I knew you're a hard man. I knew you were pretty particular about your investment. See, this is the thing about God. His kingdom and what he does, there's no fences on it. There's fences in, let me clarify, there's fences in how you and I live and holiness, yes. But when it comes to the investing of the kingdom, he leaves that unto you and I. I, I can invest as much as I want for the kingdom of God, determining how much I want of God. That's why we go back to worship. We go back to praise. We go back to prayer. We go back to living for God. The more I give him, the more the return on the investment's going to be. And it doesn't just benefit his kingdom. I'm a benefactor of what he gives for me to hold. He goes and says, I gave, you gave me one. I know you're a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering where thou hast not strawed. Next verse. And I was afraid, and I hid it in the earth. There had... There thou hast that is thine. Next verse. And the Lord answered, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knew that I reap where I sow not and gather where I'm not strawed. Next verse. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers and then at my coming I should have received my own with usury. I should have got a return on what I gave you. Next verse. Take therefore the talent from him. Give it unto him of ten. Next verse. For unto every one that shall be given, and he shall have an abundance, but to him that hath not, that that he has is going to be taken. Here's what God's saying. I've got to find what God's asked me to do and invest it with everything that I have. Not everybody is going to be this or that. You're going to be one way. You're going to be another way. You're going to be this. But whatever God gives you to do, you do it with everything you have because God's going to hold you accountable for what he's asked you to do. 
These are the scriptures, Brother Mike, that these are uncomfortable scriptures. But James is, is leading us to a point and saying, you've been given something. And if I don't do something with what I've been given, I'm in trouble. When he nudges you at 3 o'clock in the morning to get up and pray, I don't feel like it. When he asks you to teach a Bible study, I don't feel like it. When he asks you to roll on the floor, I don't feel like it. When he asks you to lift your hands in worship, I don't feel like it. When he asks you to sing a song, I don't feel like it. When he asks you to preach a message, I don't feel like it. When he asks you to witness to somebody, I don't feel like it. Well, here's the thing. I got to be careful because that talent, God's trying to get me to do something with what he gave me to do. The curse in Pentecost is we're emotional and we need that aspect. But when it comes down to Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday and doing what I just heard, some struggle even on doing, worshiping and praising. But even outside the walls, to witness, to tell somebody, that's a struggle. Because that's the preacher's job. No, it's not the preacher's job, it's the church's job. I can show it to you in scripture. The purpose of the church and where we are in a battle. I'll come back to that here in a minute. Ephesians, you ain't got to go there. Just leave that right there, Brother Ron. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of darkness, rulers of wickedness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore do you take the whole armor of God? Here's what he just said. Wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Principalities are a prince of a county, a parish. Against powers, that's a nation. Against rulers of darkness, that speaks of a global world, the UN. What, what he's just trying to tell us here in Ephesians and Paul, I'm jumping stories on you, but I'm trying to show you who you and I are as the church. That if we're doers with what God's asked us to do, we get dominion and authority over the things that's held our communities bound. But if we don't understand these principles and we just fall prey to a traditional church and a traditional mindset, I just come and occupy. I just kind of come and do. But I'm here to take lost loved ones back home. It's not going to come because Scott Benwell's here. It's going to come because you have prayed and you have fasted and you You've asked God for a revival in Indian Village. Word principality, I'm going to say it again. City, a county, a parish. It's levels. There's a parish principality over your school. There's a principality over kinder. There's a principality over kinder that's immoral. That's why we're losing young people and young couples. It's a spirit of perversion. It's over this whole area. And the church is the only force that can take it down. I know I'm videoed, not denominationalism, but the church that's been washed in the blood and baptized in the name of Jesus. You are the only thing that can destroy. I can't do it by myself. I need every prayer warrior. I need every Sunday school teacher. I need every young person. I need every elder. I need every child. And God is commissioning you. Next one is powers. That's a nation. That's what we're fighting in this world. Rulers of darkness, not bound by national. It's a globalized network. Now watch this one. Here's the closing of it. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, that's counties, against powers, that's nations, against rulers of darkness, that's the UN and the globe and the world. Watch. And against spiritual wickedness in high places. You say, where does that one? Can anybody answer? Think for a minute. Principalities, county. Powers is nation. Darkness is the world. 
Where is spiritual wickedness? Ephesians 2 and 6. He hath raised us up and made us to sit together in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. The word heavenly places means the same thing, high places. So here's the battle. There's spiritual wickedness in this community. There's high places all over this nation and this world. But God says, I tell you what I'm going to do to make the devil really mad. I'm going to take my church that's been washed in the blood, that's been redeemed by the blood, and that knows my name, and I'm going to put them in heavenly places with these principles. Somebody needs to hear me. You've got more authority in your pinky than the... Well, I'm just another church. We are not a denomination. Get that out of your mind. We're not a denomination. We are not Protestant. We are apostolic Pentecostals. We're not the norm. We're not a stationary in a sign. We are the church that has been washed in the blood, filled with His Spirit. And He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll find me a people that have been repented and follow my word and are doers of my word. See, it's one thing for you and I to get the Holy Ghost and be baptized in Jesus' name. But if I don't do nothing with it, you're in high places. I'm going to try my best to explain this. I know y'all think I'm getting mad, but I ain't getting mad. What? Huh? Man, my God, what are you looking up there for? Quit being in my stuff. Getting all private in me, woman. God says, I'm going to let all these dominions come and these principalities. Adam messed it up by treason. And God says, because you messed it up, you forfeited your dominion. And God then says, okay, because you forfeited, you were in treason, I'm now going to give it over. And the earth's dominion was given over to Lucifer, the third heaven. And now these principalities and powers are positioned in that place. And God says, I tell you what I'm going to do though to make it. I'm going to reverse the process. I'm going to robe myself in flesh. I'm going to shed blood. And I'm going to buy my church back. And I'm going to undo what Adam messed up. What Adam did by disobedience, I'm going to do by obedience. And Jesus Christ came and birthed a church at Calvary. And when he birthed the church at Calvary, because we're justified by his blood, he went into a tomb and he resurrected out of the tomb, giving you and I power in the supernatural. So now I got it, but watch. What do I do with it, Brother Charlie? What do I do with it? Because now, if you got the Holy Ghost, you just got thrusted into high places with dominions and principalities and high places. Spiritual wickedness. You're up there. If you got the Holy Ghost, you're in the church. You're now up there with it. So now, what do we do? We get our brains beat out if we don't do the Word. And our families and our homes and our communities are being destroyed and ravaged and pillaged and raped day in and day out. And all it would take would be one apostolic that says, I made up in my mind. You put me in high places. I'm going to tear down everything the enemy's established. You put me here through the Holy Ghost. Drug addiction can't reign. Immorality can't reign. I take authority over that spirit right now in this community. I loose now victory and deliverance to every believing heart. Watch me. I'm going to sneak up like James. 
So you're now in heavenly places, which translates high places. And you're up there, and you've been given the missions, the world. See, here's what we don't understand. I've seen it in cities. Cities that once had an apostolic voice, and when that apostolic voice leaves, it's a ghost town. There, to have a breakthrough is almost impossible but see here in this area you've kept the voice you've kept an apostolic voice and that's reached out over the world but now here's the picture we ain't only attracted devils in your community y'all attracted stuff overseas ooh just tighter than Dick's headband right there no he did it right because if you and I are ever going to see victory in our world, in our state, in our parish. We have got to do what God put us in high places for. It's not for me to run. It's not for me to cower down. It's for me to buck up and grab the word of God and say, God, I've had my peace robbed from me long enough. I've had my family robbed from me long enough. I've had my loss. I wish some, you know, we get a little frustrated. Understand, I've said this before, Brother Dale. My veins pop out and I get a little worked up because I see, Sister June, I see where we're going and I see what's hindering us. And I see that just one individual could be the grain of sand on a scale that could tilt it and cause the whole world of the the wicked world to go into chaos and God come into you and I world and brother Ed miracle miracles start happening in that school I said it from the beginning and I'm going to say it again God wants to do miracles in that school now you and I determine whether we're going to let the spirit world reign and all this craziness go on on our jobs and in our homes and in our family and our schools and in our government or we as the church can ascend to the high place seat there we are with Jesus Christ who we are a joint heir with him I now can use the authority that I've got through the blood of the lamb and begin to rebuke that spirit rebuke that darkness it can't stay if it stays question my doing Question, am I doing? I told God today again, I got to find something else to do. I wasn't bored. I had more stuff to do than you shake a stick at. But I know I got to find that key in the spirit, in prayer. That if I can pray that prayer, not bringing attention to myself, not that I want to be some hero and print up cards and advertise it to everybody as some, some whatever, whatever, whatever. I just know that people, all it would take, Sister Joan, is one of the people we've been praying for to walk in that back door. All it would take is just one, and it would cause this whole thing to go up in smoke. And we, we saw it on Sunday. There was visitors all throughout this building that were touched by the power of God. What's God trying to tell you? You're already in the seat. Go ahead and lock it down. Shift it into third gear. And let's let God have his way and give us the miracles that are ours. But when I get to the high place, this is the, as I said, almost our curse. I get the Holy Ghost. That's it. I'll give a little prayer in the morning. Jesus, I love you. God, I love you. God, I praise you. And that's good. Pray without ceasing. You can do that through the day. 
But I can prove to you in Scripture, it's the will of God for you and I to get into the holy place. It's the will of God for us to get into where His glory is. And however I got to do it is the contingency that will turn my family situation and turn my situation in my job, my home, whatever you and I are facing. That's why you and I, the, the enemy wants you and I to think that it's going to come by some... I'm telling you, this revival's not going to come like we're thinking. It's not going to come through a personality. God is not going to share His glory with any man. He's going to get all the glory unto Himself. And He's looking for a church that can say, I'll be spontaneous in worship. I'll be spontaneous in praise. I'll be spontaneous in prayer. I'll be spontaneous in living for... I'll be spontaneous. Why? Because there's a harvest and the labors. The teachers are few. And God's saying, will you be a teacher in heavenly places? But if I get to heavenly places, Sister Becky, and we're there, we get our brains beat out if we don't do If we sit there, no pun intended, on a Caribbean cruise. We sit there in heavenly places. You're going to engage the... If you got the Holy Ghost, you're a target. You'll learn that, Brother Joe, from the very beginning. As soon as you get the Holy Ghost, pray through. The enemy coming after you. Why? Because you now another number to the fold that helps in the seat of heavenly places. And if you get the revelation of why you in the seat, you ain't there for a parade, you ain't there for fanfare, you ain't there for a goose bump or a hair to stick up or a hook of a shy, or you, you're there, if you get that revelation that you're there to destroy the high places that the enemy's established because of Adam's mess up, it takes the veil off of why we come to church. I'm not here just to be a good old saint. Folks, I've been living for God for 26, 27, 28 years. I don't want to just be a good saint. I don't want to just be a good preacher. I don't want to be just a normal pastor. I want to be a man of God, a child of God, a saint of God that's charged with the fire of the Holy Ghost that says you know what I don't care what that backsliders going through God's got authority over that addiction God's got authority over that problem God's got authority in that situation and it doesn't matter how gross the sin may be God can bring them out that's what he's afraid of brother Joe because you joined the fold now you're up here with him in a heavenly seat Your job is to tear down principalities in this parish. And then from there, we're going to tear them down from the nation. And then from there, we're going to tear them down globally. Because that is what the church is. The church is not a boys club. The church is not a hangout. The church, God can take you. And you may be poised. You may be the next great brother Raymond Woodward. Great preacher, great anointed man of God. But hear me. You get stubborn in yourself, God will bump you off and God will put somebody in your place. Don't matter how talented you are. Don't matter how rich you are. It don't matter how good looking you are. Don't matter how charisma you got. It don't matter who your daddy is. Somewhere in your tomorrows, you got to understand, I was chosen for this. I'm not just occupying a building. I want to be something that God can count on. Because lost souls are out these four walls. And they're lost and they're going to hell. And if you and I don't reach them, and we don't get aggressive in reaching them, and we don't start teaching a Bible study to them, it's not going to be on my hands. It's going to be on our 
all of our hands. What do you say we enter into eternity with a chain load of people that are not just coming from other places, but people in our own community that God's ready to save and deliver. That's the purpose of the church. To tear down the strongholds. And if we tear down the stronghold of addiction, they will walk in that back door. I know it. God, strike me dead if I'm wrong. But I know I'm right. If we'll bind the spirit, bind the strong man, God will loose them and walk them in the... There's no reason we should struggle and our altars be bound when God said, I gave you the authority, but you're not doing nothing with it. That's the... Pur- Am I right, elder? That's the purpose of the church. Not a stationary, not a boys club, not a group or collection. I thank God for our family unit. I thank God for our unity. I thank God for the sweetness and the kindness that we all have one to another. But hear me, there's a greater purpose God's elevating us to in Indian Village. And it's not going to be a normal. It's going to be a supernatural that's going to loose the things that have been bound. My struggle, my battle... Now, would it not make sense to let you and I be so distracted with today? Now, think for a minute. Did anybody here today have a nutty day? You don't have to raise your hand. I'll raise mine. Crazy. Spiritual. Just wanted to pull out the little bit I had. What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. Anytime. It's that crazy. You and I realize I'm on the brink of a great miracle. The greater the resistance, the worse the situation is. That's why you and I don't need to cry in a root beer. I don't need to be sad right now. But we need to let the joy from the Word of God begin to lift our spirit. Let it be wind in a sail that kind of lifts you above everything else. I had, an, I had a preacher send me something the other day. It's a beautiful illustration. He said the only thing that can hurt an eagle is a crow. And a crow gets on the back of that eagle and just pecks and pecks and pecks. And the eagle can't get it off. But you know what happens? The higher the eagle goes, the crow can't breathe. I wish some of us would just suffocate your devil. Because he's pecking on your back. He's telling your son ain't coming. Your daughter ain't coming. He's telling we ain't going. He's telling me we ain't going to have revival in Indian Village. There ain't nothing ever going to shake Baker Row. And I told him here today, devil, you're too late. You're too late. The prophetic has done showed me. We're going to have a revival. We're going to have a breakthrough. We're going to see sons and daughters birth into the kingdom of God. Why? Because God's word never changes. And it's never altering. It's never changing. Why do you think Benoit pushes so hard? We got to go high. We got to go high in worship. We got to go high in praise. We got to go high in our prayer. And now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I ain't going to do it. Hail Mary full of grace. I ain't going to cut it. My little stationary prayer, traditional prayer, ain't going to cut it. I got to somewhere get to a place in prayer that the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man will avail. That I grab the carpet with my knuckles and I let the tears begin to soak that carpet. That it begins to make a stain on that place. Because I'm not getting up from this. You say, well, 
I got a job. Well, you and I can do it in the evening. I can do it in the morning. Or you can do like I did. Go find a bathroom in the business and just have yourself a praise break where you just worship God like you lost your mind because you know the more I praise him, We never get the revelation of why you're the, in the church. It'll never change. It'll never change, Brother Jerry. It'll stay the same. And that old crow will just peck and peck. And God said, Do what I've asked you to do. Go high. Go high. Take a Bible study chart, put it under your shoulder, go teach somebody a Bible study. Those people in that church, I know they, they may be watching, but you hear me. I know you got regulations. I know you got to follow protocol. But those people in that school need to hear the word of God. We've got the answer. And all we got to do is do. Take it to them. Say, what if they don't want it? I promise you, there's somebody that wants it. We got people that have watched this and showed up. They're hungry. And people are, and James and Matthew are saying, if I don't take what God's given me and invest it in the kingdom of God, your praiser, your prayer warrior, your Bible study teacher, your whatever, if I don't invest that, what he has. Here's what that boy said. I don't want to take a chance. Living for God, sometimes you got to take a chance. That's why I've said this before in services. I'm closing. Musicians, y'all come. Y'all come, get ready. I've said this before, and I've seen it. I've said, wait, 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 let's just wait a minute. There's one person. If they'll just worship God right now, run, you'll get a miracle. And we waited. Holy Ghost moved. There wasn't no music. They ran. They got the miracle. Spontaneous chance. When you're in the valley and you ain't got nothing else to lose. What you waiting for? People already think I'm nuts. They already think I'm crazy. Man, you pop out your veins. You're going to have a stroke. So, if I, wanna, if I go... I want to go right there. Because I started this with everything he engrafted in me, Brother Joe. And I'm not going to give him back what I started with. When he looks back at me, see, what are we looking for? The millennium. We're going to rule and reign with him. See, we think, this is what's so beautiful. Those no-name overlooked, underqualified prayer warriors that nobody ever knows about that are praying in their closets, interceding and praying and nobody knows about it because they don't broadcast it or they don't try to tell everybody how much they prayed or anything like that. They're just no-name people hidden in the closets praying. They're going to be your governor. They may be my king or my prince or whatever. That's the millennial. We're going to rule and reign. God says whoever decreases. He said, ah.
back to James? That one verse, doer. He said, do a word. Manifest it. Don't just be a hearer. Because if you just hear it, I'm going to say it right here. This will be my last statement because I'm not going to go into it. This is my turning point. You know what the word deceive means? A lot. (laughs) But I'm going to give you one definition tonight so you can go home. It says cheat. Here's what it means. Be doers of the word. Because if you're just a hearer, you are cheating yourself. This is why people have no joy in living for God. They can't worship God. They can't praise God because they're not doing what God's asked them. I know everybody's got a different role. That doesn't mean you've got to hang from the ceilings. I know there's two different types. But whatever he's asked me to do, Brother Ed, I've got to do what he's asked me to do. I, don't, I did not want to preach. But if I wouldn't have done it, I would have been cheating myself of seeing people get the Holy Ghost. Whosoever glorifieth him, praiseth him. If I praise him, I glorify him. If you don't praise him, you're cheating yourself. If I don't worship him, I'm cheating myself. If I don't pray, I'm cheating myself. If I don't witness or help or take on the yoke of Christ and the kingdom... I'm cheating myself. And now we're in a heavenly place and we're getting our brains beat out supernaturally because we won't use the authority God's given us. You got authority. You got the name of Jesus. You can call that spirit out. You don't have to, let me explain. You don't go to the person and go, Brother Markendale, you've been drinking again. Quit doing that. You bind it in spirit and secret. I bind that spirit of alcohol that it will no more have authority over Brother Markendale. And before long, Brother Markendale is going to walk in the back door. Why? Because you took your seat of authority that God has for you and I. I don't know about you, but I don't want to cheat myself. I got into the church to take dominion and authority. I didn't get in the church to play church, pat a cake church, act like church. I got in the church to see people saved, people filled with the Holy Ghost, and to see things. Folks, we've got a powerful manifestation of God's glory in this building on this Wednesday night again. I don't know about you, but I feel this is your desire. I don't want to be cheated out of nothing God has. I want to see sons and daughters and cousins and aunts and grandpas and grandmas. I want to see these babies filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands with me right now. Let's just worship Him.